everybody. Welcome to our fifth Habit Lab. I'm John Jennings and my guest host for this podcast, sitting in for the incredible Aaron Windauer, is Pastor Brian Carson. Brian, welcome to the podcast, man. Thanks for having me here. I'm no Aaron, but I'm glad to be here. Yeah, I'm glad you're joining us. Now, if you're new to the podcast, uh, Habit Labs are designed to help us implement the habits and practices that we need to help us become Become more like like Jesus. Jesus for the sake of others. Right, so in these first labs, we are diving into the principles of emotionally healthy spirituality or EHS, Mm -hmm. as we refer to it here at Pure Heart. So I would really encourage you, if you missed the first four, make sure you go back, rewatch them, like, subscribe, share, uh, all that good stuff. You can also email us, uh, podcast at pureheart.org. That would really help us out with the podcast because we want your feedback on uh, on the things that we're doing here. So, Brian, in this lab, we're actually looking at the fourth of seven pathways to emotionally healthy spirituality. And so what we're doing is we're learning how we can enlarge our soul through kind of an, an unlikely habit. Yeah, yeah. So in the EHS language, right, we say that we're, uh, we're enlarging our soul through grief and loss. And, you know, experiencing grief and loss is something that we all go through and i think more than anything else when we go through those seasons it really reminds us that we're limited (laughs) that we have to you know live within those limits and figure that out and so um, this chapter is all about learning how to surrender and live within those limits and that's hard for all of us because you know i it's funny you mentioned that because i was raised in an expression of christianity where no limits was kind of like our mantra, you know, you know, in fact, there's this Israel Houghton song from like the, the nineties and, and he goes on no limits, no boundaries. I see increase, you know, it's just, but that's the way we lived, you know, it's yeah. like, Hey, we're going to, we're going to blow the limits off of our life. But the longer I've lived, the more, uh, I've realized that limits are a gift to us yeah, to, sure. to embrace. So this fourth pathway that we are looking at, it, it might be the most difficult for us because um, loss actually marks the place where self-knowledge and powerful transformation happen. Now, now, Brian, in your line of work mm-hmm. here at Pure Heart and in your career, you've done a lot of counseling. So, I mean, have you found this to be true? Yeah, absolutely. I think when we experience grief and loss, the, one of the biggest things that happens is that it just shakes our framework. You know, the, the, the grid and the lens of which we've made sense of this life and we navigate um, really gets kind of shaken to its core. And, you know, up is down, left is right. Um, all the answers that we thought that we knew turns out that we don't know anymore. And so I think for those who are really willing to press in and as you, uh, you talked about in the previous chapter, you know, actually journey through that wall. Right. You know, I, I think that's where there's an incredible amount of personal growth um, and where transformation can actually happen when our framework gets rocked like that. Yeah, and, and our culture kind of tends to view loss or any kind of loss. I mean, and death is kind of the thing we default to, but loss, mm. can, as we're going to look at, takes on a lot of different meanings. But culturally, um, culture interprets losses kind of as alien invasions that they're interruptions in fact i i even used to say things at funerals about death being an intruder which you know in a lot of ways it is but 
loss is not limited to death. Loss could be a job. You lose seasons of life. Um, <laughs> we lose our youth, even though... Oh, I don't I was, I speak for yourself. Yeah, I, I, think I know. I'm, I'm us, still there. Us middle-aged guys, right? <laughs> so a loss of a relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and Christians, what we tend to do, I think, is we look for shortcuts around our wounds because we may even really become numb to the pain with addictions, mm-hmm. uh, you know, things that we immerse ourselves into to try to numb that pain. So, I mean, have you seen that play out in your in your work or even in your own life? Uh, absolutely. I mean, I don't think that most of us know how to process. It's not intuitive. Mm-hmm. I don't think we were um, taught how to process um, through those seasons of loss or when things don't really go our way. And even, even within, you know, the church, I don't think that we lean into the idea that um, that it's okay to grieve, that it's okay to even admit defeat or that there is loss. And so when we don't know how to process it, yeah. you know, that, that's where we start to, you know, try to cover it up by any means necessary. You know, for, for me, I find um, that I just find distractions. You know, I find busyness. I find that if I don't have to slow down long enough to actually yeah. deal with those things that are causing me pain, then I don't have to address them and I don't have to deal with them, which we both know is not true because yeah. ev- eventually it will catch up to you. It, it will. And one of the greatest examples we have in Scripture about dealing with loss and pain is, is really the story of Job. And I'm sure most mm. of our listeners mm. are familiar with his story, but here's a man who um, Scripture tells us he basically had everything, had a great family. He was blessed with material wealth just had everything going for him and then just in a single day um, he loses his children he loses his wealth he loses his health and things just went south and they went south in a hurry with Mm. with with no warning or anything but it's interesting Brian because I I recently did a fresh reading of Job I had not read that in in many many years and now I think at, at this stage in my life and then having learned these principles of emotionally healthy spirituality and how to enlarge our soul. I saw Job through a completely different Hmm. grid. You know, I I used to kind of look at Job as, well, Job, you know, trust God, you know, get over it. I I was almost his wife in that that respect, you know, curse God and die kind of thing. Um, But now I can appreciate what Job went through. He sat in his pain. He sat in his loss, and his friends actually sat with him. The scripture tells us that for a week, they sat with him in silence as he worked through all of that. And why do I bring this up? Because uh, Jonathan Edwards, very famous American preacher from the colonial days, said that the story of Job is the story of us all. So at some Mm -hmm. level, all of us are going to experience loss. We are all going to go through the grief that comes with that loss. It doesn't make us any less spiritual to kind of sit in that pain, does it? I mean, what, what do you think from a you know a counseling side of things as you've dealt with this? Yeah, no, not at all. Um, I think in that regard, I think acknowledging, being honest about being honest about the pain, being yeah. on, being honest about where there is loss. You know, in fact, I actually think it's the opposite. I think it's very empowering. I think it's very um, healthy. And we get a lot there. You know, I think that there's reasons why 
you know, plenty, plenty of places in Scripture, you know, we're encouraged to, you know, really cast our burdens on Christ or, you know, blessed are those who are poor in spirit. Mm. It really runs contradictory to the world that's around us that says grin and bear it, fake it till you make it, just, you know, <laughs> rise and grind and just, just make it happen. And, and I think when we do that, I think we really do a disservice to what God wants to do in our, our own lives because we have bought into a lie that says that we're strong enough on our own to make it. And, and that to me is really where the rub is. is it's, it's that idea that, you know, if I admit that I'm struggling or if I admit that I'm walking through a season of grief, I think we feel that somehow we're weak or we're less than wow, or we're good. not powerful. And, and I don't, it's just not the truth. I think that's a lie yeah. from the enemy. I, I would agree with you on that. So um, we talked, we kind of touched on this a little bit earlier of ways that people numb their pain. But um, what do you see as some common defenses that people use to insulate or protect themselves from the pain? Mm. I, I mean, first and foremost, that it that it isn't real, that it doesn't exist. You know, just deny that it's even there. Um, we tend to minimize it. We shrink it down and we compartmentalize it someplace to, you know, to lessen the blow. Um, we come up with all kinds of reasons or excuses. We blame others. Um, we rationalize. We try to come up with uh, excuses. Um, myself, you know, there's one that uh, talked about this idea of intellectualizing. And, <laughs> you know, I, I think for me, man, I'm an overthinker. So uh, we do analysis. We do comparison. We, we, we play that game where we say, yeah, I know this, you know, this stinks because X, Y, and Z. But, you know, if only this, this, and this. And, you know, it's, it's not authentic because we're just trying to justify or, or get around those things. We, you know, we, we distract ourselves. Um, I, I think another one that I know I walk through just because I have kids. <laughs> right? I think that when we're not being honest about those things we're walking through, we can tend to get a little hostile. We mm. can get a little rough around the edges and a short fuse. And, you know, we tend to, to lash out at those closest around us. Boy, that's the truth. And, you know, fortunately, though, as I was mentioned, my fresh reading of Job, I see that what he does is he models brilliantly for us how to grieve in the family of Jesus, as we like to refer to it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, by the way, uh, our family of origin has a huge impact on, on how we process grief and loss. Every family system, family unit has a way of of doing it from ignoring it to, you know, over dramatizing it maybe, or mm -hmm. but everything is, is really unique. But here's the thing at, in discipleship. And I've, I've said this many, many times, discipleship at its core is teaching people how to do life in the new family of Jesus. Mm. You know, That's I, good. And, and breaking free from those unhealthy patterns from our family of origin. We talk about that a lot especially, I know this is based on the EHS course, but in the relationships course, we mm -hmm. really dive into genogramming our family and finding out some patterns and things that have gone on for generations that can help us break the power of that. We don't realize that our family of origin is the single most powerful unit to which we will ever belong. And so, um, but now 
we're in a new family. We have a new father who's, who's God. You know, we have new brothers and sisters. We have a new way of doing life. And so grieving the losses of life has to be done in that context. Mm-hmm. What's interesting too, Brian, is scripture never tells us not to grieve. Yeah. And in fact, it actually encourages us to, to grieve. Yeah. You know, Lamentations is probably one of my favorite books of the Bible. And, and in the third chapter of Lamentations, in the middle of all of this chaos, where we find hope that says, you know, if you will only stay here for a little while, if you will only sit in this dirt, you know, and be lowly in that space, you won't stay there forever. And so for me, I've always taken great courage because yeah. I feel that in Scripture, it, it's actually the opposite. Right. And even in Paul's writings, you know, New Testament reference for that too, we don't grieve as those who have no hope. Mm. So yeah. that to me is a powerful thing. So there's a few things that Job models for us. And I'll start this, this discussion off. And the first thing that I see in the story of Job that we can take and apply to our lives is we pay attention to the grief. You know, you mentioned ignoring it, denying it, minimizing it or whatever. Um, we love to disguise our pain in Christian language. You know, well, I'm just going through a trial. You know, it's just a testing time or whatever. And, and we, like you said earlier, I, I love that about not wanting to show show the weakness. You know, we don't want to put ourselves off as being weak Christians, that we don't have enough right, faith right. or whatever. But you mentioned lamentations. Two-thirds of the Psalms are laments mm-hmm. that were complaints to God. And the psalmists, a lot of them were written by David. But what's interesting is... Uh, you know, they were written down as songs to be sung as part of their worship hmm. life, these psalms of lament. So when we don't process our very deep feelings that make us human, we start leaking. And so I, I would submit that we really can't grieve sure. until we pay attention to the loss. Absolutely. So, yeah. What's yeah, the, the second one, Brian? Uh, yeah. yeah. Self-awareness, right? Mm-hmm. Leaking. I think the second one... Um, really is just patience it's interesting i think for most of us when we experience a season of grief or a season of loss i think that um we naturally want it to go away as soon as possible yeah let's Um, let's get out of here let's move on and and and, and, and that makes sense i mean you you know none of us love pain and it's not a good feeling so i think that we're quick to move through it and and even in, in Job's case, it's interesting that, you know, throughout the book as it impacts, eventually the friends even kind of give up. Kind yeah, of, they kind do. Of, kind of even wonder of like, dude, why are you still here? You know, go home now. You know, it's like this is over. Yeah, you've said all you can say. Um, and so it's it's interesting because, you know, Job, Job contrasts that a little bit more. And I think being patient, um, get, giving ourselves time and permission. Now, I, I think that we can sometimes stay in that place too long and there is no formula you know there is no formula that says you know that your, your grieving period should only be three weeks or or whatever it is and that's kind of how we approach things even in our culture you mm-hmm. know uh, if there's if there's a loss you know you take a day off from work and then you're just supposed to get right back on the horse and move on but but i think that there's a balance there where you've got to give yourself permission and you've got to give yourself the time yeah. to really sit with that and and when we rush in, um, ultimately, I think we can get uncomfortable and try to take back control. We can ultimately say, okay, you know what? I- I've sat here long enough. I've waited for God to come and meet me and minister to me in my need. 
And I guess God's not going to show up. Hmm. And, and so I, I think th that can be a very, it's a very confusing in-between time where we kind of had expectations of how God would show up. And then when God doesn't, we step in the, we step in there. And I think if we move too fast, you know, not only do we miss out, I think, on a richness of really understanding and letting God unpack um, what we've learned by that grief and that loss. I think that we can do actually more damage yeah. by moving too fast and trying sure. to move too quickly through those things. Yeah, you mentioned the whole control thing. That's a that's a huge deal. I mean, we're we we're graspers by nature. Yeah, you know, we we come out of the womb grabbing for things, and you know, kids, the babies, they grab our fingers, and then they mm. start grabbing toys, and then later in life we're grabbing canes and walkers you know we're always grabbing something and, and we and won't let we, go we just we just want to <laughs> wrestle control back and, you know i want to be able to navigate this situation and yeah. Uh, yeah that confusing time in between between promise and fulfillment and there's that tension that's there it's 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 a big deal um so yeah. we got pay attention and then waiting in the confusing in between or mm -hmm. patience as you worded it so the third one is embracing the gift of limits and we started out a little bit earlier in the podcast talking about uh, limits and this was in the last three years of my life in the last podcast I talked a little bit about my own dark night of the soul and yeah. what I went through it was a five-year long dark night of the soul and it's just been the last three years that that I've really began to understand a lot in terms of my own spiritual formation and yeah. discipleship and I love in John 3.27, John the Baptist is um, starting to wane in his popularity. Jesus is now on the scene, and John's own followers came to him and said, you know, hey, everybody's going over to him, so what are we going to do about it? And John said something so powerful here that shows <laughs> he, that he understood limits. He said this, he said, a person can only receive that which is given to him from heaven. So he realized in that moment uh -huh. that... You know, I was given this for a season, but now, you know, I'm, I'm becoming limited in my influence because the one that I came to testify about, he's now on the scene. Yeah. So he's increasing, I'm decreasing. Um, but we all have limits. Our, our physical body has, has limitations to it, especially in different seasons of life. Yeah, I'm noticing a, f a few more limits these days. Like what? You care to elaborate? No, <laughs> you don't I don't think so. I think we're good. <laughs> we're fine. Yeah. Um, well, I spent three days in the hospital a couple of weeks ago, and that was like, yeah, you got some limits, John. Yeah. But, by the way, I'm fine now. Thanks for those yeah, of you yeah, that, yeah. That, that prayed. So everything's good. Uh, I mentioned our families of origin. Yeah. Those, those are limits. Our marital status can be a limitation. People that are married, they have different responsibilities than people that are single. There's different types of limitations yep. there. And I think this is a total side note, but I just feel like I need to throw this out there for our listeners that, um, you know, the body of Christ has has had an uncanny way of elevating marriage above singleness. Scripture never does that. Yep. You know, and I, I want to just really encourage all of our singles out there that, you know, your singleness is a gift right now. And you mm -hmm. may feel some limitations. You may desire to be married, but embrace that as a gift that God has given you. And it in no way uh, diminishes anything that, that can be done for the kingdom. But, uh, you know, single people, have a, they have a freedom 
in some ways that married people don't and vice versa. So our marital status is a limit. Um, This can come across wrong, but we've got to be honest about it. Our intellectual capacity can can be a limit. Our, Our material wealth can can limit us either you know the lack thereof or the amount you know maybe God's blessed us materially there's still limits there our gifts and talents our time our work and our and our relationships all of those things that are are limits that we need to to embrace and um, one of the things that I've I've done Brian and I don't know how well it's working but I, I've really tried to stop using the term I'm busy when people come to me. Mm-hmm. about things or they want to set up meetings or whatever and the word that I use now the phrase that I use is you know I, I'm limited I can't meet with every single person every single week you know and so I've, I've had to learn to build those those limits into into my life mm-hmm. uh, and that's just one example but um, you want to say anything about limits before we go on I had a professor that um, used to say that you have to f- fail at a rate that people can handle and and I think that that's part uh, part of that you know that not only do we have expectations expectations of ourselves and expectations of others but others have expectations of us too and and there are times where those expectations mm-hmm. are not healthy or honest and and push us over um, over a limit right over a boundary and we've got to be able to navigate that expectations that others have of us in a way that's healthy and in a way that is honoring but still um, acknowledging that you know I can't I can't give more than I've got the capacity to give so working within that limit is really big and what's helpful too I think with that I'm I'm really glad you brought that up because not every opportunity that comes our way is an opportunity that's coming from God. Oh, that's true. So really being able to discern that. And I think those of us that are, you know, I, I really consider myself to be highly driven missionally. Mm. There's a lot that I want to do with my life, but I realize now, okay, you know, I, I'm 52 and yeah. I've got maybe another, you know, 17 years of, prime time if you want to call it that and you know there's things that I may want to do that I can't because of limitations and I also can't say yes to every opportunity that, that comes my way um, yeah li- limit limits are a lot I think are less about what you can't do and actually more about stewardship yeah right so you can do it's how yeah. are you going to steward what you can do instead of being defined by these things and seeing them as what you can no longer do mm-hmm yeah, and when it comes to grief and loss, um, you know, again, remembering what John the Baptist said, a person can only receive what is given to him from mm-hmm. heaven. And, you know, those moments where we experience great loss, those bring about limitations for us. And we need to ask God to help us do that. So number four, what, Brian, what's the fourth one? Right. So this idea of climbing the ladder of humility and Definitely in those times where we are going through really hard things, you know, trying to continue to act well and respond well yeah. can certainly be a, a difficult thing. And um, I, in our family, we often talk about the idea that rarely do we ever get to dictate what happens to us. But we always get a choice in how we're going to respond. 
So this idea of a, of a ladder of humility, um, it's, it's walking through different steps that can help us continue to keep our composure. You know, it's, it's how do we continue to grow and mature as people in our responses, even through um, seasons of grief and loss. So, you know, a few things, and, and I, I really encourage people as they walk through them, you know, first and foremost, to just be mindful of yeah. God's presence. You know, we've got to start from that base and uh, remind ourselves that we're made in God's image and that God is active and present with us. Um, And that kind of will help things. Uh, And then from that, surrendering our wills to his and saying, "Okay, you know, God, how would you have me respond in this situation? We have to continue to be uh, teachable. We have to be willing to let others pour into our lives. Um, and I think sometimes with with seasons of grief or loss, right, nobody knows what we're going through. It's true. It's and so while true. there is some truth to that, I think sometimes what it can do is it can shut us off from how God would use other people to speak into our lives because we've already assented and said, you, you have no possible way of knowing what I'm going through. So if they remember to be willing to be teachable, um, we've got to have patience. We've got to be continuing to believe the best in others. You know, I think in our culture, we're notoriously horrible at responding to people who are experiencing grief and loss. I mean, some of the most well-intentioned people say the dumbest things. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and, and I think they mean well, um, but certainly what they say isn't helpful. If anything, sometimes it's even causing more. And so I think we balance that out by growing and maturing and believing the best in other people, continuing to be authentic and transparent and vulnerable, uh, obviously within good boundaries. But I think we have to be careful that we don't shut ourselves off to other people. Um Continuing to be, you know, aware of, of, of our own, of our own s- stuff, you know, mm-hmm. I think being able to continue to be responsible for those things, because I think in grief and, and loss, especially, um, we can justify the things that we're not doing in our own life, and then they get out of control. Yeah. We have to continue to be, you know, continue to, to, to deal with our own, with our own stuff, Um you know, we have to embrace our limits as we've been talking about. But I think probably the most important one for me, and this is just something that we continue to grow in, would be we've got to continue to learn to speak less and listen more. And really, I think the best thing that we can do um, is to learn how to come alongside of people. We had it's it's great you bring that up. Last on the last podcast, Aaron and I were talking about that very thing and we were talking about journeying through the wall and, and, and these are very, they're overlapping things in so many ways. But I asked her, I said, what, what, are, what is something that you as a younger person um, would say to somebody who's more seasoned in their life when you're going through things? She said, the best thing they can do for us is listen to us. And the old saying is God gave us two ears and one mouth for a reason. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, I've had to work on my listening over the years and really just understand too that if I'm listening to somebody I don't have to fix it that's not my job in that yeah. case you know it's the Holy Spirit's job you know my job is to fix it and be there or not to is not to fix it but to listen and to just be there as a friend as a brother in Christ so yeah climbing that ladder of humility is huge and then the last one 
is letting the old birth the new. Hmm. So when we are asking God to enlarge our soul through grief and loss, letting the old birth the new. The central message of Christ is that suffering and death bring resurrection and transformation. Um, I'd like to share a little personal example, and then Brian, I'll have you give us some final thoughts sure. as we get ready to wrap up this podcast. But um, uh, I pastored a church in in Moon Valley for 16 years, and we we poured our lives into that place and built a lot of great relationships. I mean, it was that classic thing of pastoring where. You know, kids came up in our youth group, and then I married them and dedicated their kids and mm. walking them through seasons of life. And when you have longevity, you have that opportunity to do those things. And then when I knew that God was shifting my season and the season for that my wife and I were going to walk into, letting go of that was harder than I anticipated. Mm. And even though I... You know, I love Pure Heart, love Pastor Dan. Dan and I have been friends for a number of years, going way, way back. And um, even though I knew this was the right move, I had to embrace that season of my life as having lost something and give myself space to grieve over that loss that I had. And I'm thankful that Dan and the staff, and you've been on my team from day one, that you guys as my team, you guys gave me that space to walk out of a room if I needed to, if I was having a moment. And um, where it really came into play, if I can share this, we every year we have a planning meeting. It's a two-day deal where we basically plan out the whole next year. Mm-hmm. And we plan sermon series and, and just special events and everything that's going to happen. And so... I walked into the room that morning for the first meeting and there's all these big post-it notes and calendars and everything on the board. And Brian, I had a complete meltdown and I couldn't at the moment identify why that was. But all I could think of was, Hmm. I used to run this meeting, you know, and, you know, now I'm just giving input and not that that's a bad thing, but it was grieving the loss of something but then in the context of this last point it was God taking that season of my life that's 16 years and Mm. birthing something completely brand new out of that and I'm telling you when you get on the other side of grief and loss and you're able to I mean let's just do a quick review here of these these five things we pay attention to it Mm. we wait in that confusing in between patiently we embrace our limits climb that ladder of humility but then allowing the old to birth the new you will see that new life on the other side and there can be and your loss can Mm. be anything you fill in the blank those of you that are listening fill in the blank with whatever loss you've experienced maybe this last year of you know going through COVID and everything we all experienced loss um, loss of the ability to do certain things. We found yeah. new limits that we had. And so some people are still really dealing with that. So whatever loss that you're facing, my encouragement to you and our encouragement to you is, you know, pay attention to it. Mm-hmm. Be patient. You know, allow God to uh, show you what your limits are. Climb that ladder of humility, as, as Brian was talking about. 
and then let the old birth the new. So um, you want to add anything to that before we wrap up? You know, I think the, the idea of, of birthing something new, it, I think a phrase that I hear most often that is probably the least helpful <laughs> um, is, you know, get over it. I hate that. And, you know, I, I think that would be where my encouragement is. I, I think, I don't think we get over, I don't think we get over certain things. I don't think that we ever get over the loss of someone significant in our life. Right. I don't think that we ever, you know, get over a, a void or a hole. Um, it's not something that's, you know, to be shame, be ashamed of that we're supposed to cover up and just move right past. And, and, and that's what this whole idea is about, about how do we enlarge ourselves around sort of this new, this new norm, right? This new thing in light of how God is shaping us and growing us. It's not that we get over something. And, you know, there was a, a movie I watched many years ago. And at the very end of the movie, there was a very uh, poignant scene where a young guy who was, um, who was, um, letting go of his father's ashes, he, he he passes them out over over a a bridge into a river, and he he ends with this monologue about the idea of what what would happen if the things that had defined us for so long, what if our identity now all of a sudden was gone? And for for a lot of people, I think when they experience loss, they're experiencing that all of their hopes, their dreams, their identity of how they saw themselves are completely over, and now they're left feeling with they don't know who they are and they have to start over and yeah. it's really scary because they've had to let go of an identity and i think that's where my biggest encouragement good, would be because we're reminded in scripture um that our identity is found rooted in christ and, and in this life we're going to continue to make sense of our world by things like our job and things like our relationships yep. and and those things and that's good they give us color and flavor but our relationship with Christ has to be the defining mark of, of our identity yeah. and who we are. And, and grief and loss is that moment where we really get to lean in, not lean away from, and actually hear clearly from Jesus about who we are and how he's created us to be. Yeah, so good, man. And Brian, thanks for coming in and sitting in on the podcast. Yeah, this is man. great. I enjoyed, this is awesome. I enjoyed uh, having you on board and I'm going to have Brian close this out in prayer but before I do that just want to encourage you again if you are really enjoying the content of these first habit labs of going through the basic principles of emotionally healthy spirituality would really encourage you to take the course and it will be offered this fall starting in September so be watching your communications for that um, we're really excited about what this is doing We've now had a couple of hundred people at Pure mm -hmm. Heart that have gone through this and, and experienced life transformation, and we believe that, uh, that you will as well. So, Brian, would you yeah. pray for everybody? Yeah, and absolutely. And, if, and if, I, if I can add one more yeah, thing to that, do. I would just encourage you that if you're walking through a season of grief and of loss and, and mm -hmm. you could um, benefit from having a conversation with someone, uh, sometimes we feel like we're all alone and that's just not the case. And so I would just invite you wherever you are, you can email us, you can email me 
at my personal email, uh, B-C-A-R-S-O-N at PureArt.org, or email us at care at PureArt.org. And, That's you know, great. we would love to have, you know, that, that conversation with you just to, to be able to listen and to walk with you as well. So, um, Father, God, I, I thank you for this time. God, I thank you for the gift of technology. I thank you, God, for the gift of this podcast. And as we really leaned in today and we've really explored this idea of, how to enlarge our souls through grief and loss. Um, Father, I just would lift up to you, everyone that is um, that is hearing and listening and, and, and joining with us that may be in their own season uh, of, of grief. Maybe they've walked through a loss recently of some sort. And Father, I, I would just pray, God, first and foremost, that you would just encourage them. God, that you would, in their spirit, encourage them and remind them that they are not alone. God, would you give to them your peace and finally, God, would you grant to them wisdom and discernment, wisdom to know when to move on. Yes. God, wisdom of when to sit still and and really process through. Um, God, and, and the discernment to know how to walk through all these different ideas that we shared about today. God, in all these things, we believe that um, you are able, you are able yes. to take this momentary thing mm -hmm. and do something amazing that we didn't beyond what we could even possibly um, pray about or know to ask for. Um, and so, Father, I, I, I give you thanks, I give you glory for what you're going to continue to do in the lives uh, of all of us that would continue to press into you, press into Jesus, and become more like Him for the sake of others. So, Father, we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks for joining thanks. us. Look forward to being with you on the next podcast. Take care. Right.